This is the time of year that many people make New Year's resolutions. Some resolve to to get more exercise, to eat more healthily, to lose a little bit of weight, to quit smoking, spend less money, save more, make more time for family and friends, or even just spend less time on, on social media. Maybe you yourselves have made some of those New Year's resolutions uh, this year. And of course, there's nothing wrong with seeking to make changes in our lives. The New Year can be a really good time to take stock of how we're living and decide to make some alterations if they are required. But I think there's a bit of a danger in making these kind of resolutions. We might focus on making all these good changes in our lives and yet miss out on what is most important. We could do all of those things in the year ahead and yet miss out on what God wants us to do this year. And that would be tragic, wouldn't it? To do all these good things and yet miss out on the best thing. So instead of asking ourselves, <coughs> excuse me, what we want to do this year, this morning we're going to think about what God wants us to do this year. And the good news is that when we think about what does God want us to do, we don't need to wonder what that is, because God has told us. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, and all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. That's Matthew chapter 22, 37 to 39. So this is God's will for our lives. This is God's plan for 2021. That we will love him, and that we will love others. And I think many of us want to live like that. But our problem is that our love is so limited. When it costs too much, when it makes too many demands of us, we run from it. And when we do this, we always lose out and our lives fall short of what God has planned for us. So over the next few weeks, we're going to look at a guy in the Bible who I think dramatically illustrates this. Initially, Jonah looked like he passionately loved God and wanted to serve him. But his love was limited and restricted. And because of that, he made some terrible decisions in his life. But we'll also see that despite all of this, God's love and mercy overcame. And God worked in our, and through Jonah in a remarkable way. So we're going to look this morning at Jonah chapter 1. Verse 1 down to verse 3. Just three verses. Uh, if you want to find it in your Bible, it's near the end of the, of the Old Testament. One of the minor prophets. It's a small book. Uh, so Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. Lord spoke his word to get. Jonah, son of Amittai, get up, go to the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it, because I see the evil things they do. 
Jonah got up to run away from the Lord by going to Tarshish. He went to the city of Joppa, where he found a ship where that was going to the city of Tarshish. Jonah paid for the trip and went aboard, planning to go to Tarshish to run away from the Lord. So this book is called Jonah. But the main character of this book really isn't Jonah. Instead, this book is really all about God. It focuses on what God said and what God did. And I think this is made clear by the fact that it's God who speaks first in this book, and it's also God who speaks last in this book. So verse 1 of chapter 1 says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. This is not the first time that God had spoken to Jonah. These were dark and dangerous days in the nation of Israel. The nation of Israel had divided into two kingdoms by this stage. There was a land of Judah in the south that was ruled by the descendants of King David from Jerusalem. And then there was the land of Israel in the north, ruled by various kings from their capital city of Samaria. Now some of the kings of Judah followed the Lord, but all of the northern kings All of the kings of the northern kingdom rejected the Lord. They lived evil lives and they encouraged the people to turn away from the Lord as well. And as a result, that nation really suffered. They were attacked, they were defeated, they were oppressed by the surrounding nations. And one of the evil kings of the northern kingdoms was King Jeroboam II, who reigned in Samaria about 800 years before Jesus was born. And Second Kings chapter 14, verse 24, says this, that he did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And yet, despite all of this, God still loved his people. He cared about them and the, the problems that they were experiencing, even as they rejected him. And so in grace and mercy, God stepped in to rescue them. So verse 24 to 26 of Second Kings 14 says this, The Lord had seen how bitterly everyone in Israel, whether slave or free, was suffering. There was no one to help them. And since the Lord had not said that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, he saved them. By the hand of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash. God saved his people through Jeroboam, this evil king who did not follow the Lord. And God started this rescue by sending a prophet to King Jeroboam. And this prophet's name was Jonah. Verse 25 of that chapter says about Jeroboam that he was the one who restored the boundaries of Israel from Lebo Hamath to the Sea of Araba in accordance with the word of the Lord, the God of Israel, spoken through his servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath, Hefer. So Jonah loved God And loved his people enough, so much that he courageously went in in front of this evil king, Jeroboam, with a word from the Lord. 
And he told them that against the odds, Israel would actually extend their borders and be strengthened as a nation. And his words became true. Jonah was a successful prophet. One who'd accurately and bravely declared God's word in his generation. But then Jonah was given a second mission. This time it wasn't to go to Samaria, the capital city, to give a message of hope and encouragement to his own people. Instead it was to travel 550 miles northeast to to a city called Nineveh, which is in modern day Iraq, near the city of Mosul. There he was to declare God's judgment on the city for their wicked lives. Verse 2 of our reading said, Go to the city, the great city of Nineveh, and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, our world and our situation is very different from Jonah's, of course. We face different challenges and different problems as a nation. And yet, if we are trusted in Jesus, then we too have been sent on a mission this year. As we step into 2021, we do so with a clear call from God on our lives. That's because Jesus has left us with standing orders for the church. His commands, his call, that that are still relevant today. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 to 20, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. So we're called to go to different people, in different situations, And in different ways, but each and every one of us who have trusted in Jesus have been commissioned by God to go into this world and to be involved in making disciples. To introduce people to Jesus. To help them to trust in Jesus. And then to encourage them to grow in their relationship with Jesus. And this mission is the way in which we're called to express our love. Our love for God and for other people in response to God's love for us. We are called to love this world by introducing them to Jesus because our hearts have been so impacted by Jesus' love that he expressed to us and poured into our lives. When he went to the cross. This is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 14. For Christ's love compels us. Because we are convinced that one died for all. So folks this is God's call in our lives this year. We are called to love God. And love other people. By pointing them To Jesus. This is God's call on our life. But we have a choice. 
So Jonah was called to go to Nineveh and preach against it. But Jonah did the exact opposite. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Instead of going northeast towards Nineveh, he turned west to Joppa where he got on a boat to take him to Tarshish, which was two and a half thousand miles to the west in southern Spain. Basically, Jonah got on a boat that was going to take him as far in the opposite direction as possible. But the question is, why? Why did Jonah, this servant of God, this successful prophet, why did he rebel against God and refuse to go to the city and preach as God had instructed him? Well, maybe it's in part because men have had such a terrible reputation. It was the, the capital city of one of the, the cruelest, vilest, most powerful, most idolatrous empires in this world. They did horrible things, especially to those that they defeated in battle. The kings, they talked about mutilating the bodies of their live captives, of skinning their victims, of stacking their, the heads of, their, of the people they defeated in piles. And no wonder a thousand years later, sorry, a hundred years later, after Jonah, the prophet Nahum prophesied against this city, calling it the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims, many casualties, piles of dead, bodies without number, People stumbling over the corpses. It was a horrible empire. Nineveh was the capital of the Assyrian Empire. And the Assyrians were Israel's enemies. In fact, a few years later, Hosea and Amos, they prophesied that Assyria would actually carry Israel into captivity. Something that was fulfilled 30 years after King Jeroboam II had died. So going to Nineveh with a message from the Lord would be a little bit like maybe going to Iran, a place like that, with a message from Donald Trump. You wouldn't actually think you would get out alive. Now thankfully we don't face that kind of challenge in our mission. But still, it's really difficult to make disciples. It's difficult to live out God's call in our life. The Apostle Paul, he he spoke to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 12, and he said, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. If we are going to fulfill our mission for God this year, then it's not going to be easy. But it doesn't seem like Jonah ran away from his mission because it was too difficult. It doesn't seem that he disobeyed because he was actually afraid for his life. Instead it was because he didn't want the people of Nineveh to be warned of God's judgment in case they repented. This is what he said later to God. 
in Jonah chapter 4 verse 2. That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love. A God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah knew that God is love. He knew that God is compassionate even towards people who don't care about him. He knew that God is a forgiving God, ready to remove our sins from us as far as the east is from the west, as soon as we repent and turn to him. He knew that if this wicked city would repent, God would forgive them. But Jonah didn't want them to experience God's forgiveness. Jonah didn't want them to be spared from the judgment that they deserved. If God was going to punish Nineveh, then great, bring it on, and about time too. So here's Jonah, the patriot, who was willing to bring a message from God to his own people, but not to his enemies. His love for others was selective and conditional. His love was for those who he thought deserved it. And I think according to many people, then that would be good enough. A lot of people would think that if you love your family, and if you're a reasonably good neighbour, and you sometimes put your hand in your pocket to give to some charity or so, then, well, that's good enough. But God doesn't agree. That isn't his standard that he's calling us to live by. The life that he wants us to live by is a a life that reflects his love. Jesus said, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. God is looking for us to love others with an unconditional love, an unlimited love, an unending love. He wants us to love others no matter what and and do whatever we can to introduce them to Jesus. So I wonder, folks, today, Are there some people that we haven't told about Jesus because we don't think that they deserve him? Or are we withholding the gospel, keeping quiet in some situations because we don't love people enough? What about that family member whose words have deeply offended us? Or that work colleague whose actions have really hurt us? Or that neighbour who's always causing us problems in our community. Or those people on the other side of the world who have never heard about Jesus. Are we willing to love them this year? Are we willing to do whatever we can so that the people that we have an influence on can meet Jesus? But Jonah's actions didn't only reflect a lack of love for other people. They also showed a lack of love 
for God. Jonah, he claimed to love God. He told the sailors on his ship, I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. But Jonah didn't live that out fully. I don't know if you remember the Mission Impossible films. In those films, the IMF agents, they are given their mission with these words. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is. But a prophet from the Lord wasn't allowed to choose his assignments. He was a, a servant commissioned to speak God's words to whoever God chose, whenever God said. But Jonah wasn't living like that. Jonah wanted still to be in control of his life. He was only willing to obey God as long as he understood and agreed with what God had said. I wonder if you can see a little bit of Jonah in you. Can you see yourself in Jonah? It's not so much that we never obey God, or never do what he wants, or never listen to his voice. Our problem is that we sometimes love God. Do we sometimes serve him? We sometimes obey him. And yet other times we ignore him. We serve ourselves. We even run away from what he calls us to do. We live lives of partial obedience, partial surrender to God. We treat God's commands like a menu or a a list of options. And we think we can pick and choose which bits we want to obey and leave out the bits that we don't. And yet God doesn't allow us to have that kind of relationship with himself. We are called to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. That means we're called to put God first in everything, every aspect of our lives. And this means that we are called to obey his commands, all of them. Jesus said that if you love me, you will obey what I command. With God, love and obedience go hand in hand. And so Jesus' invitation to follow him is an invitation to total surrender, total commitment to him. This is what he said in Luke chapter 9 verse 23. If anyone would come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily And follow me. So it's not okay to be selective in what commands from God we follow. It's not okay to pick and to choose how we follow the Lord. Loving Jesus means we obey, we deny ourselves, we daily put to death our ambitions, our desires, our goals... And instead we choose to follow Jesus and obey his commands in every aspect of our lives. So are we willing to follow Jesus 
this way in 2021? Are we willing to surrender to whatever he calls us to do? Loving God with all of our heart is a real challenge for us. It's difficult to deny ourselves. And none of us are there fully yet. But Jonah's life is a great encouragement for us to do this because it shows us the serious consequences when we go our own way. We're not going to get into that this week, but we'll look at that more in in detail next week. But we'll see the mess that Jonah got into, including a storm and a swim and getting swallowed and getting spewed out on a beach. A whole lot of other things. Now we might not see such immediate consequences of, of not putting God first in our lives, but the reality is that whatever aspect of our lives we keep for ourselves, that will keep us from experiencing the fullness of life that God has planned for us. When Jesus gave that command to deny ourselves and to take up our cross daily and to follow him, he went on to say in Luke chapter 9, for whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for me will find it. It's in losing our life for Jesus that we actually find it. So when we hold parts of our life back from him, then we miss out on the fullness of what God has planned for us. But we're also going to see in this book that it ultimately about God's grace and how God can work even through someone as flawed as Jonah. And that is good news for us, isn't it? So this morning, If we're tired of making a mess of things in our life, like Jonah did, because of our limited love for God and our limited love for others, if we want 2021 to be different, if we want to fulfill God's call on our lives to take his love to this world and to make disciples of all nations, then we can turn to God this morning. Even in our, in our struggles, even in our, our mess, even in our failures, and we can ask Him for the grace that we need. We can ask Him to rescue us from our sin, sinfulness and our selfishness and transform our hearts again. Because that's why Jesus came. Jesus came to seek and to save what was lost. That's why Jesus came to this earth as a baby born in Bethlehem. That's why he travelled around Israel demonstrating God's love to the unwanted and the undervalued. That's why he spoke God's truth despite the, the incredible opposition he faced. And that's why he willingly allowed himself to be nailed on that cross outside of Jerusalem. He did this to show how far we'd fallen short of God's standard of love. But he also did it to to bring us the forgiveness that we needed. And to bring us into the experience of God's loving embrace. And to transform our lives with that love. So this morning, folks. Let's not run from love. 
as Jonah did. But instead, let's run to Jesus. The one who loved us so much that he gave himself up for us. And let's do that now in our time of communion. We're going to take the bread and we're going to take the cup and we're going to remember Jesus' love for us and how he sacrificed himself for us. And as we do this, let's pray that God will again impact our hearts and help us to love as we have been loved. And let's commit ourselves again to living out God's plan for our lives in the year ahead.